God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Keep God's word on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says. Then you will truly be successful. Hey everybody, it's day 29 of our 90 day challenge. The topic for today is little by little. Welcome to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 13, 1 through 11 says this, A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a mocker does not respond to rebukes. From the fruit of their lips, people enjoy good things, but the unfaithful have an appetite for violence. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. The righteous hate what is false, but the wicked make themselves a stench and bring shame on themselves. Righteousness guards the person of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. One person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. A person's riches may ransom their life, but the poor cannot respond to threatening rebukes. The light of the righteous shines brightly, but the lamp of the wicked is snuffed out. Where there is strife, there is pride, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. And that ends our reading for today. The worship thought is titled Little by Little. The book of Proverbs is, in my opinion, Practical Theology 101. It is a collection of practical wisdom given mostly in short, memorable statements. Though part of a larger body of wisdom literature that includes Job, Psalm, Ecclesiastes and the Song of Solomon, the book of Proverbs is unique. It is unique in its structure, being mostly a collection of individual statements without much context or organization by topic. It is unique in its theology, being concerned with practical life wisdom more than ideas about God and his work of salvation. Proverbs is also unique in its connection with the secular literature of its time. Neighboring kingdoms had their own collections of wisdom literature, and in some places, there are significant similarities to these writings. But on the whole, Proverbs teaches wisdom through short points and principles. The majority of Proverbs was written by King Solomon, and Proverbs covers the whole range of wisdom from its intellectual insight to its practical application. These Proverbs Unlock the wisdom of God's truth by providing guidance on how we are to act in our everyday lives. It is, in my opinion, a worshiper's manual for everyday living. 
Proverbs offers instruction for our relationship with God, our relationship with our parents, our relationship with our spouse, our children, our neighbors, government leaders, and it offers godly advice for all aspects of life, including but not limited to how to choose the right kinds of friends, the pitfalls of adultery, the value of hard work, the dangers of alcohol abuse, the benefit of discipline, how to treat others, the characteristics of true friendship, the dangers of pride, the hot topic of politics, the foolishness of anger, and last but not least, wisdom. The more I read Proverbs, the more convinced I become about this undeniable fact. Proverbs needs a 90-day challenge. <laughs> because we can pull 90 principles from Proverbs and still have wisdom that has not been unearthed. It is inundated with profound principles and succinct nuggets for daily living. And the key verse for our worship thought today is no different. Here it is. Proverbs 13, 11 says this. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. I know this to be true because I set a financial goal last year and it was a really challenging one. But I knew that the only way I would meet that goal was if I treated the goal like a marathon and not a sprint. I had to discipline myself to honor God. I had to discipline myself to pay off second and then I had to discipline myself to save third. As the weeks continued, I added more weight to the financial bench press, as it were. And I challenged myself to really think twice about each dollar spent. What I realized was I love to eat. That's no guess there. And I love to lift as in competitor to Uber, not lifting weights. No, no, not my ministry. Call somebody else. Praise the Lord. What I also realized was any goal can be reached with a disciplined mind and a determined heart. I had to get delivered from instant gratifications and I had to accept the incremental process. Every week was not easy, my friends. Some weeks were easier than others, but I can honestly say things are way better now than they were 12 months ago. I never thought that my credit score would exceed 800. But to God be the glory. Proverbs is true. Little by little. If you discipline your heart, mind and your hands, you will see it pay off. This is important for every worshiper as well. I know it might not seem like a worship principle, but listen, God is not just concerned about how well you sing. God is not just concerned about how well you write or how well you work. He also expects us to be good stewards over our resources. You see, you never know what your finances are anointed to fund. You never know what God may be asking of you to do next year that will require discipline and frugality this year. Think about Abraham in Genesis, where the Bible says that Abraham is told out of nowhere to a God he had never heard before, go to a place that I will show you. And the next day, he was able to get up and go because he was not enslaved to debt. When we are enslaved to debt, we are in bondage to our nine to five. We are committed to something that we may not need to be committed to all because we have not been financially responsible as worshipers of the Lord.
I want you to get this. Do not confuse the will of God with the American dream. Don't confuse the will of God with the American dream. Some of the things that we embrace, espouse and enjoy look very much like the things the devil tempted Jesus with in Luke four. And we have to distinguish if this is what God is calling me to do, own or purchase, or is this the temptation of this materialistic world? A good steward, my friends, glorifies God in his or her finances. So I want you to see worship as giving God full access to every area of your life, every cabinet, every drawer of your house, including that miscellaneous drawer that has things in it that you don't even know you've thrown into it. A worshiper believes that God is also the God of my wallet. Proverbs 13, 11 is right. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. The first part of this Proverbs is also important. It's not just important for us to gather little by little. It's also equally as important for us to know the difference between honest money and dishonest gain. For dishonest money dwindles away. I'm reminded of another scripture that says the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. Sometimes we have to look after we have had success if we also have sorrow because some things are not blessings. They are distractions. Some promotions do not come from God, especially when they incarcerate you to other people's opinion of you. They enslave you to do something that you know is contrary to your God conviction. Every dollar does not lead to destiny. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to honor your God with truth. For dishonest money dwindles away. And I believe whatever you have to do to get it, you will have to do to keep it. If you have to lie to get it, then you're going to have to keep lying to keep it. God honors truth. We learned that in the previous worship lesson as well, but here it is screaming at us again. Tell the truth even when the lie feels better. And nothing is worth that much bondage. If you don't believe me, ask Jacob. Jacob lied to steal a blessing that wasn't his. He deceived to get a birthright that wasn't his. And he spent two decades trying to earn what he couldn't afford or enjoy from a man named Laban who knew how to deceive him better. Worshippers. Be honest with your tithe and your taxes. Worshippers, be honest as an employer and as an employee. Don't exaggerate your years of experience. <laughs> Don't put down that you've gone to school and got a degree that you know you did not complete. Tell the truth. Don't add another zero to your write-offs. Tell the truth. Your future depends on your freedom and the truth is what sets you free. And I'm of the opinion. That everything God has for me, it is for me as me. Every door is not my door. Every window is not my window. But if I'm settled and secure in the promises of God, I will not envy or covet what God has for someone else. So what is our worship work today? This is going to be a hard one, but I hope that you're ready. Number one, little by little, pay off bills. Little by little, save and budget. 
think twice before you make that expensive purchase. And remember, as you seek God's kingdom, everything else is going to come to you. Let's pray. Father, we look to you to give us wisdom. We look to you to give us clarity. God, we look to you. Amen. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do, yeah. Oh.
Because it's good! Just because it's good!